I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Today we're talking about antibiotics and antibiotic resistance. Now this is really important, you need to know about this. What promotes antibiotic resistance and what can we do about it? Now today, people are so used to the idea that antibiotics can cure just about anything, few even consider the possibility that someday these antibiotics and these remedies may no longer be an option. This is a really serious thing that's happening right now. Now, antibiotics have increased lifespan, absolutely, for about a decade, by about a decade, and that's absolutely true. And certain condition, conditions simply cannot be treated without antibiotics. So I'm not against antibiotics. I'm not against drugs. I'm not against surgery. I just want to give you some ideas on what's going on in the healthcare world and things that you can do to not become part of this uh, potential uh, catastrophe that's coming up. Because these antibiotic-resistant bacteria are going crazy. I know my mother was in a hospital several years ago, uh, and she had knee surgery, and she got MRSA. And with the MRSA, there's not a whole lot of treatment for it. Then they messed up her knee several times. Uh, long story, I don't have time to tell you today. Uh, but anyway, bottom line was the doctor finally said, we don't know what to do about it, uh, let's just cut the leg off. Man, you don't just cut the leg off, it's just a leg, it's not hair, it's not a toenail. And so now my mother to this day has to walk with a walker, uh, she's in a wheelchair most of the time, because the doctor's basically screwed up on her knee. And they said, you, you might have this uh, a bacteria in your body. There's no way to test it until it becomes active. And once it's active, it can kill you. So she has to take antibiotics now for the rest of her life. This is terrible because it's destroying her good bacteria, which we're going to talk about in a second. So be careful with taking these antibiotics haphazardly because they can create these antibiotic-resistant bacteria. So take organ transplants, for example. You have to have antibiotics. Without antibiotics these procedures become tremendously risky and a very low rate of success. About half of all emergency room visits are related to bacterial infections. And they too would have a poor recovery rate without antibiotics. So even minor surgeries become risky uh, if you don't have these uh, infection-busting drugs. Everyday infections resulting from cuts, scrapes, bites. In many ways, modern medicine as we know it was built around the foundation of antibiotics. And that foundation is now threatened with the emergence of these microbes that are now resistant to even the harshest last resort antibiotics. Prior to antibiotics, half the world's population died from infections during early childhood. So this reality we now face is coming back, uh, this reality is coming back to us again because the bacteria change. We're gonna talk about how they change, how they mutate, and then what you can do about it. So make sure you, you listen to the whole show. Now, unless, we somehow manage these antibiotic resistance uh, issues, uh, we got a problem. In recent years, researchers have discovered that bacteria and other microorganisms are far, uh, are far from just mere ad adversaries uh, and they can't be just carpet bombed into oblivion. We have to be focused on what we're treating. Microorganisms are part and parcel of us, uh, exist as part of the bacterial, what's called ecosystem. There's bacteria all over the place. And in fact, many of our biological processes rely on bacteria. You would die if it wasn't for bacteria. When you eat food, simply put, your body doesn't absorb the nutrients. 
You eat the food, the bacteria eats what you ate, and this is real simplified, spits out what they don't want, and you absorb that as nutrients. So if you didn't have bacteria, you'd be dead. So even pathologic bacteria that can cause severe disease only really become a threat to health when they're allowed to crowd out the other ones. In your colon, you have over 100 different types of bacteria, some good, some bad. As long as the good ones are beating up the bad ones and they're winning, we're in great shape. When the bad ones start to take over the good ones, that's when we have a problem. Now, bacteria that naturally help keep pathogens in check are the good bacteria. Even certain viruses play an important role in supporting human health. So part of the drug-resistant problem we're now facing is a result of decades of antibiotic abuse. And this is the fact that bacteria are incredibly adaptive. They're, they're adaptable. Uh, unless they're completely wiped out, the surviving stragglers pass on their resistance to other bacteria. Another piece of the puzzle is bacteria's ability to share genetic material outside of the procreative process. They don't have to mate to share genetic materials. Scientists recently discovered that a bacteria gene, it's called MCR-1, that can spread among different bacteria with remarkable ease, and it can confer resistance to even the strongest antibiotics in our medical arsenal, all the antibiotics we have. So basically, you can just share this, and it'll say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm antibiotic resistant. Hey, Bob, how about you? No, I'm not. Here's a little genetic material. Let's see what you can do with it. And now Bob becomes antibiotic resistant, and then they share that genetic material. It's different than what we're used to. And this is a whole new science that's coming up, and that's why it's getting scary. So this is a scenario that many have feared might happen, myself included. I've been talking about this for decades. And now there's no escaping that it's happening. My mother's a perfect example. Less than a year after the MCR1 gene was discovered in pigs and people in China, it has now been identified in the United States. So it took one year to get from China to here. Both pork samples in people, it can spread pretty quickly. Now, people being treated for E. coli infection, that's another issue. Uh, all that's required for bacteria to share genetic material, they deliver these little packages called plasmids. And all it requires is proximity. If you're close enough, the plasmid can transfer between various bacteria bumping against each other. So bacteria is antibiotic resistant, bumps into it, transfers the plasmid, and now that one is uh, bacterial uh, antibiotic resistant as well. So to give you an idea how quickly this resistance is spreading, consider this. A brand new antibiotic was reduced, introduced in 2010. The very next year, resistant bacteria were detected to this new antibiotic. One year is all it takes. So overuse of antibiotics in human medicine is one contributing factor to the rise of this drug resistance. Uh, in Australia, antibiotics are prescribed at a rate of more than one prescription for every man, woman, and child each year. The situation is similar in many other developed countries. So according to a doctor, R. Jim, see if I get this one right, Sinvazin, this is director of U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, right in Atlanta, as much as half of all of the antibiotics used in American clinics and hospitals are either unneeded or patients are getting the wrong drugs to treat the infection. Half. That's pretty big. Now, lack of education is part of the problem. More than 40% of Americans and an astounding 65% of Australians still believe antibiotics can treat viral infections. Here's the thing. You get a cold, American cold, classic cold, rhinovirus. What's the key word there? Virus. So we can give you antibiotics if you have a cold and the thought process is this might prevent a secondary bacterial infection, but it doesn't affect the viruses. So if you have a viral infection, like a flu, 
have a fever, viral infection, and you're given antibiotics, it can actually weaken your immune system, not strengthen it. And I understand the concept of maybe we can prevent a secondary infection with antibiotics from bacteria, but how about this approach? How about we stimulate the person's immune system? Now, I'm not saying don't take the antibiotics. That's your call and your doctor's call. My approach would be let's stimulate the immune system because the cool part about the human immune system is this. It can attack viruses, germs, bacteria, fungus. And the stronger the immune system, the less likely you are to get an infection. So that would be my approach. And I'm willing to negotiate. I'm willing to negotiate that. If you're going to take the antibiotics, okay, that's your call. That's your doctor's call. I don't know your specific case, so I can't advise you on that. But I will advise you to do everything you can to keep your immune system strong. What can we do? Avoid sugar. In my a book I wrote, it's called Prescription for Extreme Health. We talk about sugar and how it blows out your immune system, essentially making it 14 times weaker by having just the amount of sugar in a can of soda. Take supplements that'll stimulate uh, white cell production. Uh, echinacea, powdiarco, olive leaf extract, suma root. These are all herbs that'll stimulate the immune system. And we have, uh, there's a supplement on my website, drjoe.com. It's called Dr. Joe's Wellness Booster. And it has all these herbs in it to help stimulate the immune system. In the winter, I take that every day. I take a dropper full. It's a liquid. I can't remember the last time I got sick. People say to me, Dr. Joe, how, why are you never sick? Everybody around you is sick. You're touching patients all day, every day. How come you're never sick? One of the reasons is I don't weaken my immune system and I help strengthen the immune system. So that's an approach that I really feel we need to incorporate into healthcare. And the nice part is that's happening. The word is out and people are starting to do it. Doctors are getting on board with it. Now, many patients also insist on taking antibiotics just in case. Now, a strategy, this is not advisable because people say, I don't know if I, maybe I should take it. Let me take it anyway. Not a good idea. Antibiotics have both short and long-term effects on the composition and health of the microbes in your gut, the good bacteria. And your microbiome, that's the bacteria in your colon, plays a critical role in your overall immune system and your general health. Now, you see commercials for yogurt. 70% of your immune system is in your digestive system. Take yogurt, it has probiotics. Well, here's the kicker on that. The probiotics in yogurt are there when it's made, but in most cases, the yogurt is then pasteurized. And then it sits on a shelf, and then it's shipped to the factory, it's shipped to the store, and then it sits on a shelf again. And then you take it home, and you put it in your refrigerator, and then you eat it. So by the time you're eating most commercial yogurts, you have very little probiotics in there anymore. There's a product on my website, drjoe.com. It's called Dr. Joe's Probiotics, and it's extremely popular. Why? It's in a capsule form. It's dehydrated. So when you put it in your body, they become active cultures, and it's way more effective than taking something that's been pasteurized. Like, I don't know, I can't give you a number how exponentially higher it is to take a good quality probiotic. We even had probiotics to Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source, well, the Essential Source. The Essential Source has prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes. We'll talk about prebiotics in just a second. So I take super greens, an essential source, then you take a probiotic, then you take something to strengthen the immune system, and then you avoid the sugars and all these other things that weaken the immune system, sugar, alcohol, meat, dairy, coffee, soda, artificial sweeteners, cigarettes. So you avoid the things that weaken the immune system, take the things that strengthen the immune system, build up the probiotics in your colon, which is 70% of your immune system. Now we have a healthcare plan. Most of you have health insurance, but you don't have a healthcare plan. So what I'm teaching you today is put together a plan. And that's what this show is all about. And if you go to my website, drjoe.com, we have over a thousand hours of podcasts there. So if you like what you're hearing, and I assume you do, that's why you're listening and watching, 
Go to my website. You can, we have audios and videos. Watch the shows. Listen to the shows. Download them. I have people come to me all the time. Dr. Joe, I'm a salesman. I'm a truck driver. I just tune into your website and I listen to show after show after show and it's totally changed my life. And I hear these stories many, many times a day. I get emails. I get phone calls. Even I get old snail mail every now and then. We actually get a letter sometimes. So it's really neat. We had a patient not long ago. He was in prison. He says, Dr. Joe, we love you in prison. We love your show. Guess that's good. He says, but I started taking your advice and I feel so much better. I'm so much healthier. And my prison sentence was shortened because I'm doing such a good job as a, as, a, as a model prisoner. So we can change people's lives by getting the body healthy. Now, you really don't want to kill off that good bacteria with antibiotics unless it's absolutely necessary. Now, children treated with antibiotics also raise their risk of developing health problems in adulthood. I was given a ton of antibiotics as a child. I always had a runny nose. We used to go with Dr. Waltman. He's dead now, so I can mention his name. And whenever we went there, he'd give us antibiotics. And so I was given antibiotics constantly. And as I grew up, I had a lot of uh, acid reflux and heartburn. If you've listened to my shows before, you know I talk a lot about the digestive system. Well, one of the reasons I talk about it so much is because I'm a patient of digestive problems. And I had to figure out how to fix myself because nobody else knew how. And that's why we can actually adjust or physically pull the stomach down away from the diaphragm. We can work on something called the ileocecal valve, which is a valve between your small and large intestine. Sometimes it gets stuck open or stuck closed. You might have diarrhea, constipation. We can get the colon to absorb nutrients better by physically get it working better. As a chiropractor, we check the nerve supply to the organs. And I can't tell you how many patients we've treated, I think all of them, with digestive issues that have pinched nerves in their low back. The low back nerves control the digestive system, the colon. So we open up the nerve supply from a chiropractic standpoint. We give the people the good, good foods and supplements that they need. We take out the bad supplements. We may have to fix the stomach, pull the stomach away from the diaphragm to help the immune system get strong. So folks, if you want to make an appointment to come see us, we've got a lot more to cover, but if you want to make an appointment to come see us in the Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. We would love to be your doctors. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, headaches, ever been in a car accident, if the car was damaged, you were damaged, go to my website, drjoe.com, make an appointment right now. If you're not in the Atlanta area, we can always do a phone consultation. We can do that. We do that a lot. All the supplements we're talking about also available on the website, drjoe.com. So go to the website, start learning more and more. If you have any questions, send them to me through the website. So we said that if a child is taking antibiotics, it can make them more susceptible to infectious diseases as adult. Things like allergies, obesity. Here's the kicker. Fat people, I used to be fat. I can say the F word. Fat people have different bacteria in their colon than skinny people. And if you've heard me talk about this before, there's this bizarre treatment that's actually working. It's called a fecal transplant, where they're taking fecal matter out of skinny people and implanting it in fat people to help recolonate their body with good bacteria. Why don't you just recolonate your body with good bacteria? To me, it seems a lot easier. Dr. Joe's probiotics, um, eating good food, staying away from the sugars. And I'm going to talk about foods that can actually stimulate good bacteria growth as well. Do that. I think it's a lot less dramatic than having a fecal transplant. Autoimmune disorders. As you get older, this can happen if a child is given antibiotics. So somebody like me who's given a ton of antibiotics, I work every single day to counteract that. Now, according to the CDC, there are 12 antibiotic-resistant pathogens that pose a serious threat to the public health. And one-third of them are found in food. The four drug-resistant bacteria that we're talking about, Campylobacteria, Salmonella, E. coli, Shigella, 
Now, livestock sometimes needs antibiotics to cure an infection, but if, you, if, if an animal is raised in what's called a concentrated animal feeding operation, that's when you're, you know, shoulder to shoulder, routinely they use antibiotics to speed the growth and counteract poor hygiene from these crowded living conditions. So antibiotics not only kill bacteria, they can also stimulate growth. Here's the thing with chickens. You cannot give steroids to a chicken, but you can give them antibiotics. Actually, I think any, any fowl, any bird. You can give them antibiotics, which act like steroids to make them grow bigger. If you ever grew up on a farm, anybody ever grew up on a farm? A chicken from birth to, you know, I don't know, dinner plate size is about eight months. A chicken in a, in a confined area, farm factories where they're raised, takes about eight weeks. Why? They're fed a lot of chemicals to make them grow bigger. Now, in the U.S., an estimated 80% of antibiotics end up being sold to livestock. In Australia, approximately 70% of antibiotics are used in agricultural industries, uh, factory farming. Now, factory farming owns its success, owes its success to routine use of antibiotics. Drug-resistant bacteria, bacteria also accumulate in the manure of these farm, factory-raised animals, and that's spread to, into the fields that's used as fertilizer. Then it's washed into waterways, allowing these drug-resistant bacteria to spread all over the place, ultimately back into the food chain and onto your dinner plate. Every now and then you'll see a recall for food. There's a spinach recall. You have to don't eat spinach. Oh, spinach is horrible. It's a, it's a spinach recall. Plants don't produce E. coli, which is what the what the infection was in that that one I'm thinking about right now. Where'd they get it from? Being watered with water that had manure in it, where the animals were fed antibiotics, where they produced so much E. coli. That's when it got into the system, and then we had to call a spinach recall. The spinach wasn't bad. It's what the spinach was grown in and what was watered that was bad. And so you can see that even if you don't, I mean, I'm a vegan, I don't eat animal products, but I can still get an infection because of this antibiotic use. Now you can see how easily antibiotic resistance uh, spreads. It's through the food we eat, community contact, uh, a type of viruses called bacteriophage, or phages they're called, uh, F-A-G-H-E. It's a natural predator to bacteria. Their viruses eat the bacteria and they're capable of killing bacteria that antibiotics cannot. Okay, so research, we're always trying to find research. What do I do now? We've got these antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Now we find these phage viruses that can actually eat the bad bacteria. And in fact, every bacteria in your intestine, for every one there is, there's about 10 phages. Wherever bacteria reside, you're going to find these, these viruses because uh, they depend on eating bacteria for survival. Now, evidence suggests that these viruses partner with animals and humans to stave off bacterial infections and control the composition of the good bacteria. So they actually work with you and say, oh, I'm gonna kill off the bad guys so good guys can survive. So now this, this type of therapy is now being explored as a potential alternative to antibiotics. So once again, antibiotics, I'm not saying they're bad, they're great, I'm sure they've saved my life on occasion, they've probably saved your life on occasion. But overuse is what we're talking about here. So keep the body strong. Stay away from the, milk, uh, the, the bad foods, the alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, artificial sweetener. Make sure you're eating more raw foods that have enzymes in them. We're going to talk about what foods specifically are very high in good bacteria. We're going to talk about that in a second. I take supplements. Vitamin D, so important for the immune system. Every day, patients send me emails or patients come in our offices. Dr. Joe or my other doctors, hey, I got this, I got that. Let me look at your blood work. Very, in fact, I've never seen somebody with normal vitamin D levels in the winter unless they were taking supplements. In the summer, if you're out in the sun, perfect. 
But in the winter, I re do recommend you take vitamin D supplements to stimulate the immune system. And then we take Dr. Joe's probiotics, the super greens, the essential source, the things that keep the body strong. Now, if a patient can be safely infected with the right type of what's called phage bacteria, the thing that's going to eat a uh, uh, phage virus, I'm sorry, it could be a therapy to beat antibiotic resistance. So now we have another uh, tool in our arsenal. Now, these viruses specialize in breaking down and killing certain types of bacteria and hijacking them in order to replicate. So what makes these viruses, these good viruses unique is that they cannot affect any cell other than bacteria. So they really are a good hope for targeting against bacterial infections. How you can stop the spread of antibiotic resistant disease in light of the growing problem? You'd be wise to employ the techniques that we're talking about and the strategies that not only are gonna reduce your risk of falling victim, but also helps curtail the spread. Because yeah, it's not just you, but you can be a carrier. So while the problem of antibiotic resistance really needs to be stemmed through public policy on a nationwide level, and that's why I always said, if I become Surgeon General, I want to get in there and say, listen, we're going to take a new approach to healthcare. Everybody keeps saying how expensive healthcare is. And, uh, you know, we don't have doctor access. It's not healthcare we're talking about. It's sick care. I would incorporate a healthcare plan. How to eat, what to eat, supplements to take, activities to do. I'd recommend if you have acid reflux, heartburn, burping, gas, bloating, get a chiropractor, my team of doctors are trained by me, to take the stomach and pull it down away from the diaphragm, physically fixing the stomach. I was at a party last night, last night, and a bunch of chiropractors, orthopedic surgeons, neurologists, neurosurgeons, and it's kind of cool because everybody knows who we are, which is kind of great. Hey, you're Dr. Joe, great show. One of the chiropractors came up to me, we've been in practice 20 years, and she said, Dr. Joe, I have irritable bowel syndrome really skinny, she couldn't eat anything at the, at the restaurant we were at. And she said, anything you'd recommend? I listen to your shows all the time. You talk about adjusting the stomach. And I said, well, yeah. She said, well, you see me as a patient. Now, he's a chiropractor, works with three other chiropractors in her office. And I said, of course I will see my, my, my brethren. And all we have to do, I believe, is pull her stomach away from the diaphragm, get it to relax. And in most cases, people get amazing results. So a lot of digestive problems are physical, not chemical, but can be irritated by taking antibiotics that kill off the good bacteria. Now, the more people who get involved on this personal level, the better off we're going to be. So I want you to start taking control of your health and it's going to start spreading. Use antibiotics only when absolutely necessary. For example, antibiotics are typically unnecessary for most ear infections. Now, that's an interesting thing because patients come to me all the time and say, Dr. Joe, my kid has an ear infection. What should we do? Well, the atlas, the top bone in the neck could move out of place. And if it moves out of place, it can irritate the eustachian tube and cause the infection. As we get older, the space between that top bone and your eustachian tube gets bigger and you have less ear infections. But kids are always having ear infections. So many times we have to adjust the atlas, put that bone back in place, helps the ear infection. Then we can say, okay, what's going on in here? Are you using a Q-tip? Are you using something to clean out the ears? Not designed for cleaning the ears. You have to have wax build up in your ear. That wax protects you. And what you do is every time you talk, every time you chew, you're moving that ear wax out. It's pushing it out. So don't stick anything in the ear canal because it can irritate the, 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 the eardrum, rupture the eardrum, but it can actually take away the protective coating of wax so viruses can get in there. And then there is something called ear oil I may recommend. Uh, and it's usually some type of oil, olive oil. It may have golden seal in it, garlic. You can make your own if you want to. Press some garlic into some olive oil, let it sit overnight, strain the garlic out. Because garlic is antibiotic, antiviral, and antifungal. 
So after we adjust the person, we may consider using ear oil to treat the infection locally, not systemically. Again, how do we use, how do we use bacteria uh, uh, antibiotics? Try to treat the area that's infected. In some cases, like ear infection is easy. Put it in there instead of it going systemic and it won't kill off the bacteria in your colon. Now, antibiotics don't work on viruses. They only work on bacterial infections. And even then, they're best uh, reserved for more serious infections. Taking an antibiotic unnecessarily is gonna kill off the good bacteria in your gut and for no reason at all, could actually make, the make it more difficult for you to recover from your illness. So if you're taking these antibiotics for no reason, it's a problem. Be sure to reseed your gut with healthy bacteria. Uh, eating foods that are fermented, and, and when we come back, I gotta go to break now. We come back, I'm gonna talk about the good foods that you should be eating to build up your immune system so that hopefully we won't need the antibiotics. And if you do need them, you're gonna respond a lot better. So folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. My website is drjoe.com, real simple. We have over a thousand hours of podcasts there. The supplements we talked about to help build up the immune system, the wellness booster, the, the, the probiotics, super greens, essential source, the vitamin D, all those are on the website, drjoe.com. You can order them. And if you want to come in as a patient in the Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. We would love to be your doctors. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you're ready to take the major step to get well, get the nervous system working, get the digestive system working, get on a good diet, take the right supplements, go to my website, drjoe.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on WSBRadio.com and on a WSB Radio app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.